Thank you for joining us for After the Message. To learn more about Celebration Church here in Orlando, you can follow us on social media under the handle at CelebrationORL or visit our website at CelebrationORL.org. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the greatest podcast on the planet, the number one listened to podcast in the world, which is obviously After the Message. Oh, yes. Joe Rogan is jealous of us. <laughs> if you're stumbling on this podcast, yeah, unfortunately, this is not the most listened to podcast in the world, but we have faith that one day it could be. Yeah. Well, we still have our 200 listeners every week. That's right. That's amazing. This is a <laughs> this is the Celebration Church Orlando podcast and a segment we like to call After the Message. And it's just simply a conversation of the previous Sunday sermon, and in this case, just kind of a conversation about our series in general. Uh, and today I am joined by uh, my friend and our brother Vinny. Vinny, how are you, sir? I'm good. How are you? I'm doing great. And as tradition goes... Uh, we like to go ahead and welcome those who are listening in Brazil. Would you do that for us? Sure. Você ouvindo aí do Brasil, bem-vindo ao melhor podcast da internet, o After the Message. Então, você aproveite aí onde você estiver e se aproxime de Deus. Amen. Uh, <laughs> though you have no idea. One day I'm going to know. That's my parents on at church last Sunday. As I was preaching, they were like... Yes. yes, and then I asked, "Did you get it?" And then they were they were like, "No, zero, <laughs> nothing, nothing." My my uncle said the only word I get was the was the word uh, Tennessee. That's what he said. <laughs> amazing, that's absolutely amazing. Parents, your family was here for how long? Uh, seventeen days. Seventeen days. We had a blast. It was amazing. Yeah. It looked like a lot of fun. Yeah. For those of you uh, who've kind of been following along with us, maybe you haven't. That's okay, too. Uh, we are in a series called Greater Than, and uh, we are exploring uh, the great book of Hebrews. and The best book of Hebrews. The best one. The best. Let's go ahead and, let's go ahead and start there. For sure. Why? Is it the best period in the New Testament and the Old Testament? Mm. Because I've asked you this before, and you told me, like, your favorite book of the Bible was, like, Kings or something, right? <laughs> <laughs> There's no such a thing. Nobody would say Kings. <clears throat> I think I think Daniel is amazing. Joshua is amazing. Mm. Hebrews is amazing. Malachi is amazing. So I put the four. Mm-hmm. And Genesis. I'll put the five of them up there. But the majority of those Old Testament books, yep. other than Hebrews, which refers to the Old Testament. Yeah, exactly, because I'm a, I am a 60-years-old guy stuck into a 34-years-old body. That's it. So you're saying- So when, I like old stuff. When, you, when, when I turn 60, I'm going to have a greater appreciation for the Old Testament. That's exactly yeah. what I'm saying. Okay. Yes. For those of you who are not 60 yet, just wait. <laughs> exactly. Read the Old Testament yeah. when you're 60. Get very familiarized with the Gospels, read Acts, Romans, all the letters, and then when you turn 60... Ezekiel. Exactly. <laughs> all the prophets. It's something God gives it to you when you turn 60. Amazing. The appreciation 
for the old stuff. You guys thought retirement was something to look forward to. No, no, no. no, no. It's definitely Exodus. <laughs> Hebrews. <laughs> Hit me. Amazing. I think I what I really like about it well two things i think one it's very it is it is written in a very clever way so if you appreciate a good argumentation is that a word yeah you would love hebrews because because it it is very smart in a very disrespectful way if i can put that way Mm -hmm. of course the the author he's not trying to be disrespectful but he will get everything that it's important to a jew and he's going to compare with jesus to prove his point that jesus is better jesus is greater than everything jesus is greater than angels jesus is greater than moses which is a big deal for for a jew Mm. jesus is greater than abraham jesus is greater than the law but his again, his argumentation is not as simple as "Oh, Jesus is greater." No, he mm-hmm. he writes the thirteen chapters, and then at the end of it, you just you just understand. Oh, yeah, he's right. Mm. Jesus is greater. So that's why I love it because it's very detailed, detailed, smart, and confrontative. Mm-hmm. Um, not confrontative in a in a in an exhortation way, mm-hmm. it's more confrontative in a way of let's rethink everything you know and let me present you a new, a new idea. That's it, why I love it so much. It's not just a blanket statement like, okay, Jesus is the best. No, exactly. Okay, well, why? Well, let me show to you in 13 chapters. Yeah. And it is so well done. I think in the kind of in the modern church, we can be guilty of that we can have these broad statements about God or, you know, we can be talking about Jesus will change your life. Okay, cool. Well, (laughs) for somebody that has no context or understanding or has even experienced that laying out an argument for why could be a good approach to this. Exactly. For sure. And, and I think in his specific situation, he's just putting in front of them a lot of argumentation for people that knows God very well mm. and the Bible very well. So he needs to be extra smart in order to convince him that, or then that Jesus is greater, Jesus is better. Yeah. This passage. So, so just one more thing. That's why I think it's so precious. Even though it was written for, for those Jews in that situation. So if you're not familiarized, it was written probably in 65 after Christ and Jews, they were going through through a season of persecution and and uh, hard moments in their lives, so they were being tempted to go back to Judaism. Why? Pretty much. Do, do you know? Be, because it is comfortable, you know. Because it is comfortable to live by rituals than live by faith. It is way more comfortable to live your life in a way that, well, I've been doing this my entire life. Why I'm gonna change it? It's the same situation that we see in Exodus when the people is finally free from slavery and now they are in a desert going to the promised land and then at some point they 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 turn to Moses and say we want to go back why hmm. why you want to go back to a place of slavery because there even being slaves they know exactly what to expect hmm. right so that's the same type of situation 
And now the, what the author is doing is writing a letter to encourage them not to go back to the, to the old practices of Judaism because Jesus is greater, Jesus is better. Uh, so he's trying to present in a new style of life, mm. living by faith, not by sacrifices, living by faith, not by ritual, living by faith in Jesus, not the old faith in, in, in tradition of your parents. Um, so that's, that, that's why it's so complex and beautiful. And of course, we're just scratching the surface of the thing, but it's very, very deep in theology as well. It's kind of like you hear stories, or I, I don't know if everybody has, but I've heard of people intentionally getting arrested because they're more comfortable being <laughs> Yeah, I heard about this. Because they get three meals a day, exactly. they have shelter, perhaps their life isn't so great outside, and jail is actually a better alternative because it would be harder for them to... To figure out. To try and figure yeah, out something. Yeah. Exactly, exactly. <clears throat> So for for us, I think that metaphor makes sense. But in your opinion, if Jesus is so great, well, I guess not your opinion, but you know, you can help us here with this perspective. If Jesus is so great, why at times is it so difficult? And I'm sure that's what they're thinking. They're probably reading that going, yeah, but dude, we're being persecuted or things are not good right now. How can you say Jesus is great? Because there isn't these tangible things that I can touch and go to, it is faith. That's difficult. <laughs> I mean, sure. that's just hard. That's just a hard way to live, honestly. Yes. Well, I don't. To be honest, I don't. I don't have the answer for this question. I. I. I think it's a paradox that we will. We'll have to learn how to live with. Um, I think what the what the author is saying is Jesus is greater, Jesus is better. But I what he's saying is your life isn't going to be easier. Hmm. So there is a, a difference here, right? What he's saying is with Jesus you have solution. With Jesus you have an exit. But your life, just because Jesus is greater than tradition, Jesus is greater than religion. Your life, it's not going to be easier. Hmm. Um, so that's a, a, a very important thing. I think we are always trying to look for easy solutions. Yes. Jesus is not is not that. No. There is... If you're looking for something easy, there is better options out there. Jesus is the greatest, the better solution, and to be honest with you, the only one. All the, all the other easiest or easier solutions, they're just illusion. So I think that's the point. Why why they want to go back to Judaism? Because it's easier. Why they want to go back to desert? Because it's easier. But only if you live by faith in Jesus is when you, ha when you find solu the real deal, the real solution. Yeah. Let's talk about the only option for a second because that in our in our culture that doesn't that doesn't jive as they would say that's just not something that people will accept and they would look at 
they would look at people like us who would claim that and say that you're hateful because of that. My view is actually I'm, I'm being very compassionate by telling you that. Um, and I'm not being, I don't think that I have it all figured out, but I think that I found something (laughs) that makes sense or, you know what I mean? If you're going the wrong way down the road and I know the destination you're trying to get to, and I don't tell you, Hey, actually you need to make a U-turn and go West instead. (laughs) I'm being, I'm actually being rude because I'm not telling you the proper way. Exactly. So for people that have trouble maybe expressing that to unbelievers, do you have a do you have advice for them or a way that they can that they could possibly have a a great conversation about this or maybe even model their life to where it could be? I think the best way of doing that that's a great question. You're you're asking questions that I don't have answers for right now. Well, none of us really do. I'm just trying to get your perspective. I think on my it. perspective, my my perspective is, when I say it's the only way possible, I'm not trying to to convince you of anything. Got it. I'm just sharing my personal testimony. Got it. So, what's your favorite burger here in America? Mine. Good question. I think right now, as it stands oh, today. Okay. You know? I like that. Smash burger. Okay. That's that's a really good one. I think my favorite is well, that's a that's a Smash Burger is amazing. Maybe five guys is just a little bit better. Okay. In my perspective. But I remember the first time I had it. Uh I was not living here. I came to visit America, had five guys, went back to Brazil leaving my life, and then when somebody said to me, hey, I'm going to America in a month. What should I eat? The very first thing I'm going to do is, hey, listen, you must have five guys <laughs> because it's amazing. And it's funny, nobody thinks that's offensive or rude or whatever because I'm telling that through the the start point of this is not trying to convince you to do anything you don't want to do. The point is... I had that before, and I'm sharing 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 with you my experience that in a Christian world we would say my testimony. Mm-hmm. So, so when I say it's the only way possible, what I'm not doing is saying if you don't do this, you are condemned. What I'm not saying is if you don't do this, you are screwed. That's what I'm not saying. Yeah. What I'm saying is I've tried both. And I can tell you, living by faith is eating at five guys. <laughs> yes. I think what's been difficult, though, is there have been tradition, traditionally, to get back to tradition, there have been um, groups or uh, certain people, the loudest of the pack, if you will, who have gone that other route. And... It's almost difficult. It's like, come on, man. You know, like we're all sitting over here like, come on, that's not, you're not helping, right? Mm. Uh, And again, I don't think that anybody does it, well, maybe they do, but I don't think anybody does it ill, have ill will about that. I genuinely think that they have concern for people who possibly aren't on a path that they believe leads to life. 
and they're concerned that they're living a life that leads to death, right? So yes. <laughs> they're just telling them that. Exactly. So I think that's what the the difficult the caveat, if you will, of that whole scenario is, right? For sure. For sure. I think I think it's also It's also understanding that how you communicate plays a great part. Hmm. So, again, at the end of the day, the truth is the truth. Mm -hmm. But there's a lot of different ways on how to communicate that. Yeah. So doing, communicating about the, about how amazing it is to live with Christ, always through the lenses and always with the start point. The start point being compassion, love. I just want to tell you my testimony. I think that's that's the caveat. Yeah, I think where people get tripped up too is they think that they have to have all of the and biblical knowledge and all that stuff is great and it helps you, but telling your personal story is going to be so much more powerful. Like for me, it it just comes down to, dude, I don't know how I would live life without. Exactly. I have no idea. I don't know how I would function especially if I receive horrible news or if I'm going through something, I just don't know how I do it without Jesus. Yep. And maybe you can, <laughs> but I can't. And I would be miserable if I didn't. So. Exactly. That, so, so see, that's what I'm saying. It's just you sharing. Basically what you said is for me, faith is the only way possible, mm -hmm. but you did in a way that it's, it's very personal. It's your testimony. Mm -hmm. So I don't know why people would get offended with that yeah you're not being rude yeah how is that different than what we find ourselves in with the my truth culture how how is that how does that i think about that every time you because do. we christians we have the tendency to believe well not believe but to approach other people as we are the owners of the truth mm -hmm. i know i know it and if you don't believe exactly in what i believe you are wrong i'm right we do that because we have faith in Jesus. We have faith in the Bible. So if the Bible is saying A, I believe that's the truth. If, you, if you're saying B, you're wrong. How do we live a modern life telling the truth or what we believe is the truth, mm -hmm. but not sounding like we are the owner of it? Mm -hmm. It's... It's difficult. It's difficult. I think a great way of thinking this is I'm not the owner of the truth. I'm the I'm the owner of my truth. And mm -hmm. that's it. Mm -hmm. You know? And um I yes, I believe the, the, the Bible is the word of God. I believe that we we need to put our trust in the Lord. But if you don't believe that, I cannot judge you as oh you're so wrong. Right. You're, you're not you know. Right. Even though Inside of me, I think you're wrong. <laughs> yeah. So that's what's what's it's hard. Difficult. Yeah, for sure. Maybe we should uh, keep the conversation going with this at Jesus in the workplace. That would be amazing. Yeah, happening. One is twenty second. Yeah, twenty second. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. If you're in the Orlando area and you want to uh, come to Jesus in the workplace, we're going to be talking about this very thing. So six thirty. Six thirty at or Orlando Museum of Art. Uh, let's talk about tradition a little bit. Because we've been saying, you know, Jesus is greater than tradition. The writer of Hebrews is trying to help people not fall back on their tradition. 
it can't be that bad of a thing, though, right? Like, we all have traditions, and it, so when we're saying that Jesus is greater than that, what are we actually saying? What we're saying is, you're right, tradition is is not a You bad. have family traditions, you, your culture, For sure. cultural traditions. There are things that you practice and do because th- they mean something to yeah. you. For sure. I think I think tradition and lifestyle for a Jew, it is pretty much the same thing, right? As God, they 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 live their lives. They had so many things. They like you must do this mm-hmm. sacrifices like this. Mm-hmm. They have five type of sacrifices, one for each each stuff each season of the year hey this is how you dress this is how you eat this is how so tradition for them it's almost like a lifestyle and we all have traditions and this is not a bad thing Mm -hmm. i think the bad thing is when you make your tradition your god Mm -hmm. that's the thing it's it's your idol Mm -hmm. hey i'm saved because i dress like this hey i'm saved because i don't eat i don't eat this I'm saved because on that specific day of the year, I do such and such. So when you put your faith on tradition, mm. that's when things are like, ooh, sorry, this is just an idol. Mm-hmm. What the author is saying is Jesus is greater than tra- Jesus is greater than tradition because Jesus is God. Mm. So you're not putting your faith or you're not adjusting your lifestyle to a new type of tradition. You are adjusting your lifestyle to what God wants from you. Mm. So there is there is there is nothing in between you and God. Mm. Just your faith. Mm. Tradition is I have so many stuff between myself and God and that's my tradition. What the author is saying is let's remove this. Mm. Now between you and God, nothing. Only Jesus. Mm. That was just the warm up. You ready for the hard stuff? Come on. <laughs> Hit me. <laughs> the the author a, a few different times tells us not to turn back. Tells us, and there's even there's some pretty um, uncomfortable things to read in Hebrews, at least from my perspective, regarding knowing Jesus and then rejecting Jesus. And there's books and whole. Um, schools of thought around this idea of salvation once saved you're always saved you know there's no way to all gosh we're going there we're going there i first of all i want to know what the original author meant or at least try to understand based on that context what he's saying there's no greater you know there's no more sacrifice if you have if you know the truth You've accepted the truth, and then you turn away from the truth. You're basically nailing Jesus to the cross again, you know, by by your sin, by living a lifestyle that. So, first of all, why is he bringing that up? Are there do we have cause to believe that there are people who are doing that, or is he warning them not to get too far off? Do you know why he's why he's bringing that up in that time period? Yeah, well, we have one of the most difficult passage in the Bible, I believe it's in Hebrews, when he says that if you 
know Jesus, if you lived your life and you turn away from him, it is impossible. That's the word. Or at least in Portuguese, it, it's impossible for you to be regenerated for life. Mm -hmm. So I'm going to tell you what I believe. I believe grace is bigger than anything. I believe there is always grace for me. But I also believe that once I know Jesus and I understand the sacrifice, and now I'm trying to adjust my life to 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 his standards, let's mm -hmm. put it that way. Mm -hmm. One day I sin, and then I regret, and then Jesus accepts me back. And then on a Tuesday I sin again, and I regret, regret, and Jesus accepts me back. And then I sin, 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 and then I regret, and Jesus accepts me back. But I also believe there is something that happens with sin when you don't regret is you are taking one step further mm -hmm. or, or away from God. Mm -hmm. The Bible encourages us to text, take steps further, and as we get closer to God, God gets closer to us. Mm -hmm. But what happens when we take steps further? away from God. Mm. We sin and then we take one step away and then we sin again, we take one step away. We sin again and we take one step away. And then if you regret right there, Jesus is ready for you and you're back in this relationship, mm -hmm. you're close. But you sin and you don't, you don't regret, you sin, you don't regret, you sin, you don't regret, you sin, you don't regret. And then you will get to a point that you don't, you don't, listen to the voice of the holy spirit anymore we all know this feeling when we makes when we make a mistake mm -hmm. or let's not let's not say make a mistake when we sin mm -hmm. we hear god god in our heart saying uh! mm -hmm. right mm -hmm. you need that's that's not cool man <laughs> but when you sin 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 you you don't regret you get to a point that you don't hear that anymore right you got used to a sin that's when the Bible says you are living a life full of sin. Mm -hmm. And that point, you are so far away from God. You are not close to him anymore. You are far, far, far to a point that you look around and where is God? Mm -hmm. God is far. That's when you start questioning your faith. That's when you mm -hmm. do like, oh, what I lived in the past, it was just an illusion. It mm -hmm. was not an illusion. The thing is, in the past, you were so close to him. It was easy to see him. It was easy to listen to him. Now you're so far. The Holy Spirit is not, or the Holy Spirit is still bugging you, but you can you can hear because mm -hmm. you are so immersed in this life of sin. You don't see God anymore. That's when you lose your faith. Mm -hmm. That's when you go, I don't think I believe God anymore. Mm -hmm. That when you get to that point, and of course you die in that point, it's what what I think what the author is saying, it is impossible mm -hmm. to be. Because you deny it. Mm -hmm. There's nothing you Well, I, I guess that is, but if you die in that situation, 
it is impossible for you to be regenerated for life. Mm-hmm. Now, of course, it doesn't matter where you are. You are just one step away from God. It's just regretting, mm. recognizing, and God will be right there to take you back. So I think what the author is saying is if you allow yourself to live a life full of sin, knowing the truth, you are putting Jesus on the cross again. Mm. You are He already paid for your sins, you your sins, you know that, and you're still doing this purposely. Mm-hmm. One thing is making a mistake, one thing is choosing. So what the author is saying is when you choose mm. to sin, when you're, you're you're living your life so far away from God that you were you are immersed in this life of sin, that's putting Jesus back in the cross. That's what Hebrews is saying. I think it's chapter five. It is impossible to be regenerated because you don't have faith anymore. Mm. You don't believe anymore. It seems to me that it's a little bit more of us rejecting as opposed to God giving up. For sure. God never gives up. Never. Yeah. It takes just one second for you to regret and God will be ready to forgive. Mm -hmm. But when you are on that stage of life, it's so hard to regret. Yeah. Why are you regretting? You don't even believe God is a thing anymore. Right. You became your own God. Mm. You don't have a Lord anymore. You are your own Lord. So I think that's how you can look at a passage like nothing can separate us from the love of God and say, well, yeah, God's God's love isn't contingent upon it, but your your position could be. Is that what you is that what you mean? I'm talking exactly about position. Yeah. And now that you are about to be a, a dead, you will understand this, that there is nothing Cliff can do <laughs> that that is going to change your love for him. Yeah. Nothing. You will always love him. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter what he does, what he is, he, he, the choices he makes. It doesn't matter. But he can position himself out of your love. Mm. He can reject that. And that's what we do with, with Jesus sometimes. And again, I just want to be very clear here. We all, we all sin. Yes. We're all trying to figure that this out. That was my next question. We all, we all, we're all trying to figure this out. I sin. Nate sin. We're all trying to figure it out. What I'm saying is when you do that purposely, mm-hmm. one thing is making a mistake. The other thing is when you are in front of a t- temptation and then you decide to do this. And then you can regret and you'll be fine. But if you keep going that path, that's a death, a death path for mm-hmm. sure. Yeah, at that point, kind of back to faith, you're not, you're putting your fate in your own hands as opposed to putting it in the hands of Jesus. Perfect, yes. You're not, you're not, and I think you even touched on it on Sunday. Um, you're saying, you're, you're not trusting that Jesus has your best interest in mind. You're saying, well, I actually kind of like this way better. Exactly, exactly. And, and so, can't really blame God on that one. Is that <laughs> living according to your will is the opposite of faith. Mm. Is having faith in you. Mm. I know what's best for my life. Yeah. And to be honest with you guys, we know nothing. Yeah. We know nothing. What what strengthens your faith? Have, have there been moments or seasons or certain 
milestones in your life where you had you it, it was almost like a jolt or a an inspiration of faith to where you took a step closer. You know what I mean? As opposed to a step back, as opposed to getting in that dangerous spot of like, man, do I believe what I believe? Yeah. <laughs> There's got to be things that move us closer, right? Yeah. Well, two things. Romans tells us that, right? Romans says that the faith comes by listening to the word. Mm. So that's why for, for me is innegotiable. One of my how do you say non-negotiable non-negotiable is reading the word every day because that brings me faith that feeds my mm-hmm. my faith so that's one thing the second thing is i always try to put in front of me in different types of ways so sometimes i write songs about it sometimes i write a a post it and and glue somewhere moments that by faith god did something amazing like in your own life in my own life yes it's like memorials Mm. of things god did in the past that i always try to bring back to memory hey you have no reasons to doubt right now because in the past this is what god did so this is the two things i do bible 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 personal testimonies personal testimonies now, as I said on Sunday, in a very vulnerable way, I struggle with that every day. God has never failed. Mm-hmm. He credit score with me is <laughs> 10,000. <laughs> but sometimes an unbelieving heart is right there inside of my chest. And I need to pause, pray, read and bring back those testimonies uh, that that encounter that that guy had with jesus mark chapter 9 when he said help me overcome my un- my unbeliefs that's my prayer every week mm. every week i always feel tempted to go back to this place of i can figure this out i'll call someone someone is going to help me thank god i have insurance surrounding myself with things that if something goes wrong i have a plan b mm-hmm. and i'm not saying having insurance having having friends having money is a bad thing what i'm saying it's easy for us to put our trust and our faith in those things mm-hmm. or at least it is easy for me mm-hmm. so god always bring me back to this place of huh unbelieving heart huh okay let's work on that mm-hmm. every week brother so I struggle with that. I'm sure I'm not the only one. Right. But what I do is I go back to my Bible and I go back to personal testimonies. If God did it in the past, he's still the same. He will do it again. Hopefully. <laughs> <laughs> Does that ever get exhausting though? Like Always. Oh, it's Don't you ever think like come on, baby. It's like going to the gym. Yeah. For me. Living by faith. It's running a marathon, bro. It's exhaust- exhausting. Hmm. It's so easy to, you know. And again, listen to me, folks. I'm not saying having having things around you that can help you is a bad thing. Right. I'm saying that 
when you put your trust in those things, that's that's the issue. But it, yes, it is exhausting. But I, that's the life. At, at least for me, God is always encouraging me to encourage encourage me to live. Mm-hmm. It's crazy how time and time again we always get back and if you if you go to if you go to church 3 out of the 4 Sundays a month chances are you're going to hear this 100% of the time that you're there scripture engagement praying it's <laughs> prayer so simple showing up yeah so simple and yet time and time again especially being on this side of it and 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 actually being in ministry vocationally and our part of our job is being there on a Sunday, but time and time again, not, not seeing the faces, you know what I mean? Of, of someone and like, why, why is that so difficult for us? And who could say, I mean, maybe if I'm not, you know, in all transparency, maybe there are some things that I'm not doing if it's not my job, you know, hopefully that's not the case because anyways, do you get what I mean? Like, why is that so difficult for us to to look at it and go, this is what's going to give me the faith that I need to sustain through life, but yet I don't do it? <laughs> I think it's two things. I think, and I, I don't want to be shallow here, but I truly believe it's two simple things. One is the personal discipline. If you th- If you truly believe this is important to you, make it make this a priority Mm -hmm. you know Mm -hmm. we've been saying we've been preaching we've been singing about pretty much what you said read your bible spend time with prayer show up Mm -hmm. easy Mm -hmm. if you truly think that this is good to you prioritize it Mm -hmm. that's thing number one and then thing number two understanding that this is a spiritual thing Mm -hmm. everything will be against you taking those steps. So understand that you need to overcome things in order to to keep reading your Bible, to keep prayer, be, be, have a prayer life, to keep showing up. You have to, you, you, you will face a diversity mm. because it is a spiritual thing. Mm-hmm. So overcome it. Yeah. I was, uh, um, a personal testimony that I never shared on, on Sunday, uh, Friday, Friday, Friday morning, I came to the office four thirty in the morning to start to start prep for the message. And uh, I spent a couple of hours in prayer, and then I decided to open my Bible. I was reading it. I was trying to f- listen the voice of God, and everything was was great. I was like, okay, I already have the, the the verse I'm going to preach about, Hebrews chapter 3, verse 12. I already know I want to talk about no, not having unbelieving hearts. I know I'm talking about faith. I'm trying to write and unpack this idea on what faith is. Great progress, 8.30 already. I I got an email. And then I, I checked my phone and I decided to click on an email. And the email I got is just I had to go to to. I had to go see a doctor a couple weeks ago. 
and I was under the impression my insurance would cover everything. And I, then I just got an email, the hospital charging me $3,000 for for the visit. And when I read that, bro, my world collapsed for a second. And now I'm here in the office by myself trying to, fig to figure out how I'm going to preach a message on faith, have an email charging me $3,000. And then I'm figuring out, I'm trying to pray and I can't pray. I'm trying to write and I can't focus because of, of bad news. I decided to drive back home and I am as I'm driving back home, I just listen God speak or had an impression God was trying to tell me something. I stopped for a second and then it's just God saying, wait a second, what are you doing? Hmm. You're trying to teach something to the church and I'm trying to teach you the same thing mm -hmm. so listen calm down mm -hmm. don't get crazy don't call your friends trying to figure out don't call your parents trying to figure out don't go to the bank account check how much take it easy one step at a time we'll figure this out later now let's focus on how to have faith mm -hmm. so See, I I struggle with that as well. It is a a spiritual war warfare. Is that how you say it? Mm -hmm. But it also it is also discipline. It's my choice to put it aside. Hey, listen. Now I'm going to spend time with God. It doesn't matter what sur what surrounds me. I'm going to spend time with God. I'm going to read my Bible. I'm going to church. It's my decision. But it's also understanding there is a warfare, and in order to be success successful, you need to overcome. Hmm. Last thing for us here, there seems to be a couple different approaches within that story that you just shared that came to light. So someone could live their life and there are people who totally live their lives like this. And we were talking before we started recording how jealous we are of these people, <laughs> but someone could live their life, sit down at their Bible and truly believe that God's going to show me the passage. God's going to show me exactly what I need to say. God's going to speak through me. God's going to reveal the truth. And, like, and it's just all God. Then there are other people who would have like, yes, I believe in God, but I also believe God has equipped me to have reason and knowledge and understand. And they can lean so heavily on, I'm going to pick a passage. I'm going to research I'm going to, you know what I mean? Yeah. I'm, I'm going to look at it logically. I'm going to try and think what the author's saying in this passage. And so we can apply that to prepping a sermon or we can apply that to what should I pick up and move my family here? Yep. Are either right or wrong <laughs> because that's how I think. I'm just like, okay, well, if God is expecting me to do A, then I'll probably just live my life doing A. But if God's expecting B, so do you get my question here I, or where I'm I going? I do get with your that? question. Okay. It's a combination of both. Can can somebody can somebody live their life so heavily on A? No, I don't. I don't believe that. You don't. Mm -mm. I don't believe that. I think every time we see, even in the Bible, when people had. We see like, hey, Moses, there's a freaking sea in front of you. 
God is going to open, but you need to walk, mm-hmm. right? Uh, or you guys are thirsty. Okay, water will come out of the rock, but first. Mm. Or so we we always see this combination of God doing something, but I need to do my part. I think something that I would love to have more time to touch on this past Sunday. I believe faith is a combination of God's power and my action. So, so I think it's both in, in the same time. Yes, I trust that God will reveal to me what I need to tell specifically, but I also need to do my part on what the author is trying to say here, what's the context of the book, what's the... So I believe, at least for me, I don't know for everybody, but for me, it's always a combination of both. Mm. God is doing his thing. I'm doing my thing. If I'm trusting God to do everything, that's a silly faith. Mm. Because I I have a part to play in this relationship. It's a freaking relationship. I cannot ex- expect my wife to do everything and we'll have a successful marriage. Mm. I have a part to play. But on the other side, if I am the one doing everything, God is like, hey, I would love to be part of this. And you are doing everything by yourself. Do you need me here or not? Mm. So it is definitely a combination of both. Um, It is definitely the radical dependence for sure. I depend on God to everything. But if I don't get up in the morning to do the things I need to do, nothing will happen in my life. Mm. So it's it's both. I depended on God to move here. And when I got here with $500 and a couple of bags, it was radical dependence. But it was also me taking my car on a Sunday, going to church, meet people, meet community. It was not God who decided me, who decided what church I would attend. It was my decision. But it was my decision based on prayer. Hey, God, mm. I'm going to this church today, and if I, f- I think it's a great one. What if I feel great there? And I felt great, and then I decided, yes, I'm going to do this. So it's both. I heard something once that I was like, oh, my gosh, this is for my life. Okay. And this is probably theologically wrong. <laughs> great. But it's fine. <laughs> Someone said, I believe sometimes God opens doors, and it's great, and I believe sometimes I'm going to open it for God, and God will be fine with that. And I was like, okay, I believe that. You received that I one. received that. Sometimes God opened doors, sometimes I open it for God, and God will be like, if it is a good one, I'll bless it. If it's not a good one, as a good pastor, I'm going to lead you out of it. I believe that. That's great. <laughs> right? Very helpful, too. Okay. Something similar I heard was um, something like, I'm going to trust God like he's going to do it, but I'm going to work like it depends on me. Perfect. Something something along I those really lines. I really love that, yes. Yeah. yeah. Good stuff. So, disclaimer... I don't know if this is going to be the last episode or not. Okay. I'm kind of hoping that it's going to, because I'm waiting on my kid. Oh, yeah. And by the way, if my child listens to this down the road, yes. Cliff was just a joke. Yes. <laughs> well, we don't know about that. 
God could speak to exactly. <laughs> what what if he was born with such a cliff face that it you were like, okay, this is Cliff. <laughs> what if it's a girl? I think Cliff could work for okay, okay, done. But we know it's a boy. So, anyways, if we don't have another episode in this season of After the Message, we're kind of coming into the close of the series. Uh, we got a couple more weeks left, but it's been great. I think we're going to be doing another season after Easter. Yep. Of After the Message. Yep. But I could talk to you guys next week, so. Regardless, hang around. Yep. And I hate when people say this, but subscribe to the podcast and you'll know. For sure. You'll know whether or not we're going to have another episode. But we love you guys and uh, we'll talk to you next time. See you. Thank you for joining us for After the Message. To learn more about Celebration Church here in Orlando, you can follow us on social media under the handle at CelebrationORL or visit our website at CelebrationORL.org.